0: What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Hope your weekend went swimmingly. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. And as far as I know, the only daily NFL podcast on the planet. Does anyone else do a daily NFL podcast that's in your inbox by 6 a.m. Monday through Friday, Holidays accepted sometimes. I don't think so. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. I I really don't think so. If somebody does, my apologies. Way to be ahead of the curve. But, um, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us as always. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys had a good weekend. Hopefully some of you got to take off starting on the fourth on through the holiday, on through the weekend. Got a clearing house of interviews left over from last weekend coming up for you today, including Bears rookie linebacker, Roquan Smith, Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski, Bingles. Linebacker, rookie linebacker Malik Jefferson and Browns rookie cornerback Denzel Ward. All of them were down in Dallas to, uh, to, to work with some campers at the opening, these high school kids. Interesting stuff. Um, you know, Roquan, uh, talk, talk, to Ro, talk to Roquan for a little bit longer. I think that's like an eight minute piece. Um, and then the other ones are a little bit shorter. Gronk is very short. He, I mean, the reality is he's not answering a bunch of questions about Tom Brady right now or, or Julian Edelman. So you have to ask him goofy things like, are you, are you a high sock guy or a low sock guy stuff like that um, we'll see how it turned out Malik Jefferson actually had a really interesting comment about the combine he thinks it he thinks it's outdated and ridiculous and he's he's not wrong um reminder that you can subscribe rate and review feel free to screenshot any five-star reviews you might leave and tweet me at Will Brinson tag at pick six pot as well um you can use like hashtag P6P or something. I don't know if you want. Um, and, and in the event that I happen to come into possession of any, uh, let's say, Madden codes, maybe for this year. I, last year I had some. I don't know if I'll get them. We'll see. Uh, but if I happen to come into the possession of any Madden codes, you will be more. I will be more inclined to uh, to seek you out if I'm trying to give them away to friends. Uh, if you leave a five star review and let me know that you did it. Plenty of you have already done that. Much obliged, but if you like the show, why not do a five star review anyway? Maybe you don't even care about Madden. Or, or maybe just, maybe you just want to be friends. We can be friends. Personal friends. We're all best friends. Uh, some NFL news out there. Unfortunate situation for the Arizona Cardinals. GM Steve Keim, he was uh, charged, pulled over, and popped with a DUI in Arizona on July 4th. Kime issued this statement, I truly regret my incredibly poor judgment and inexcusable actions. Everyone associated with the NFL and its teams is held to a high standard of behavior, and I obviously failed to meet that. I sincerely apologize to our organization and its fans as well as my family. I accept full responsibility for my actions and hold myself completely accountable. Moving forward, I will take the steps to ensure that I never put myself or the Cardinals in this type of situation again. Um, from a football perspective, it's not great for, for Kaim because it could potentially mean that he is suspended uh, by the NFL wouldn't be surprising if they actually did that. And not because of anything that he did, but because it's sort of a layup. It's a free win for them. They can suspend him. Um, they've done this before. And look, the, the circumstances surrounding it, we don't know. And, and that all, you know, the, the blood alcohol level and, um, you know, any mitigating or, um, otherwise circumstances would would change what the NFL would do but hypothetically if they wanted to suspend him they have suspended personnel guys for 30 days before and fined him like a hundred thousand dollars and that that i mean that seems like a pretty huge punishment right 30 days uh suspension and a hundred grand in the grand scheme of things for what gms and, and personnel guys make higher-ranking personnel guys um, it's not a huge sum of money in theory i mean i, I wouldn't want to be Find $100,000 for anything. Um, but also, if you're a GM, being suspended for 30 days doesn't necessarily preclude you from doing your job. Now, Steve Kime grinds really hard on, on finding veterans. It, it was, presumably it would be a suspension in in the beginning of the season, so it might not be quite as devastating. But but you get the point. I mean, the NFL is not afraid to come down on personnel men because they don't tend to be involved as much in the day-to-day activity as maybe a coach or player, if you, if you get what I'm saying. But it would not, would not be good but it wouldn't be surprising if the NFL did ultimately issue a fine, depending on the circumstances, um, you know, just from a, I mean, a, you know, personal, like I'm a, am I'm a dad with kids who, you know, goes to the pool and has a couple of beers on July 4th. It's, you gotta be careful out there, man. Um, uh, you know, be safe. Don't, it's not worth it. Call an Uber. Don't drink the beer, whatever it is, you know, do whatever you gotta do to make sure you avoid that situation. Um, Cardinals obviously obviously said, we are aware of the incident. And they fully recognize the seriousness of the situation and that this type of behavior is unacceptable and excusable. Uh, Steve immediately alerted the team, who in turn reported it to the NFL as required under the league's personal conduct policy. That that's good too. Uh, that would be that would classify as a mitigating circumstance. Um, in other news, very pretty slow week. And otherwise, Demarcus Lawrence, according to a report from Calvin Watkins of the Athletic, um, this is sort of the parameters for what he wants on a new contract. Preferably, I would assume with the Cowboys. Uh, first of all, he wants more than what Daniil Hunter got, which is five years and 72 million. You would hope so. Uh, if you're Demarcus Lawrence, a little bit more leverage than Daniil Hunter there. Um, although, cause, you know, he's already been given the franchise tag. He has until July 16th, by the way, to negotiate a new contract. The reason he probably won't work out one with the Cowboys before then, he wants to see what Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, and Jadaven Clowney per Watkins gets before, get, all three of those guys get uh, individually before he, uh, before he signs a contract. In other words, he wants Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, and Jadaven Clowney to set the market before he signs. Um, Khalil Mack is, was the Defensive Player of the Year two years ago. Aaron Donald was the Defensive Player of the Year last year. Now, different positions and, you know, I mean, Donald, a different position, obviously plays defensive tackle. Um, Lawrence and, and Khalil Mack are edge guys, but look, Clowney, Clowney's outside. Clowney's going to play out this year. And if he blows up, he'll get a huge deal. I mean, he's still in limbo on what the Texans want to do. Um, Donald is going to hold out to get $20 million a year. And that might mean, not getting paid this offseason, season, you would think it would. We'll see. And then Khalil Mack uh, is also going to hold out for a massive sum of money. So it's not quite as simple as all right, these guys will knock out contracts in the next week, and Demarcus Lawrence will sign. It, it certainly sounds like he is preparing to play the 2018 season on the franchise tag, and then to hit the open market and, and and get a massive contract. And if he does that, if he gets to the open market, we talk about you know the Olivia Vernon deal. That, that really is the, it's the top on the 4-3 defensive end market still. He got to free agency. The Dolphins rescinded his franchise, his transition tag, and he got to free agency. So if you're Demarcus Lawrence, you need to look at this and say, I'm going to gamble on myself, get to free agency and get real paid. And that could certainly happen for the Cowboys defensive end. If you're the Cowboys, you've already got him locked on the tag. You'd like to work out a deal and keep him there long term, but you don't mind if he's highly motivated by financial reasons heading into 2018. All right. Some young guys here. They're not motivated by, I mean, everybody's motivated by money, but, um, you know, these, uh, these, these young guys are more motivated about coming to the league and making a difference. The, the most stunning thing to me about Roquan Smith. And by the way, you're going to hear, uh, Peter Bukowski of UpRocks.com. He, that's who he was there for as well. He and I had to. He got to, got a little bit longer time with Roquan, so we tag team. And I think he was uh, there talking with uh, Denzel Ward at the same time too. So just FYI, if you hear a separate voice other than me, um, that's Peter, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna edit out his voice. And uh, you know, it was a good conversation with Roquan Smith. I'm certainly not gonna take the time to cut out the chop up the questions and make it sound all weird. Um, so just deal with that for today, and then we'll be back. Uh, back Tuesday with the, with the normal schedule as we hurdle towards training camp as always you can follow the podcast at Pick 6 Pod follow me at Will Brinson thanks for listening let's go talk to Roquan Smith Oh, all right, how was minicamp, and what was it like getting used to Vic Fangio's system in Chicago? Oh,
1: yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Uh, I really enjoyed minicamp, just enjoying learning new learning things and uh, just being around with the guys and whatnot, so I really enjoyed that.
0: What's your role day one?
1: I'm not here to talk about my role know, day one. I'm just trying to be the best teammate I can be.
0: Okay, all right, yeah. That seems that seems a little too humble, but we'll give it to you. Uh, you got like a lot, lots to look up to with Chicago linebackers. Do people remind you about that on a daily or semi-daily basis? Well,
1: no, I hear about it with the linebackers, uh, linebacker history there, and I pretty much know it from you know your Dick Buckets, your Marshals, your Singletaries, your uh, your your, uh all those guys, Briggs. Lo- list goes on and on. So I know there's a long line of
2: history there. You got Aaron Rodgers week one. Are you already thinking into the season and and what that's going to be like, that adjustment to going against some of the best quarterbacks and offenses?
1: Well, that'll definitely be huge, you know, being able to face a guy of his caliber, but, uh, just going to take it one game at a time when we open up, uh, preseason, uh, in the Hall of Fame game. So, just going to try to shift my focus there and feel like once I get to week one, then I definitely, but yeah, I got a lot of
0: respect for Rogers. See, this is, you're a veteran. You can tell that you, played last year under a guy who worked for Nick Saban. <laughs> 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 You're already providing excellent non-answers that are good answers. Um, when What What's the biggest shift for you moving from somewhere like Athens, which is a very fun town, perhaps too much fun, to a place like Chicago, significantly different in size? What's been the biggest shift for you?
1: Uh, It's very different, but I'd say it's just more about, but I'm north of Chicago as well, so it's not like I'm just in the city, so I still have a a smaller time vibe uh, and whatnot, or if I want a big time like Chicago, go down a little bit, but... It's, it's pretty chill, it's, it's very different where you're in college, you're um, in Athens, you're just like around college students, and then like Chicago and everything like that, you're just around any, any and everyone.
0: Where's the hardest place, non Georgia Stadium, but where's the hardest place to play for you in college?
1: Hardest place for me to play in college. Uh, well, I wouldn't say toughest, but loudest uh, if going with the crowd. I would say Tennessee uh, up at Rocket Top. That's pretty crazy, as well as Auburn. Auburn yeah. gets uh, pretty yeah. wild as well.
2: I'm going to give you uh, an opportunity to give a non-diplomatic answer, all right? But you get to talk about yourself. You get to brag about you. Okay, ready? So there were some people pre-draft talked not traditional size wise, maybe a little undersized. Do you carry that with you? Is that something where you're like, I'm gonna prove to them I am plenty big enough? Oh, definitely that's definitely a chip on my shoulder. Uh I had
1: a chip on my shoulder going into college I was considered uh undersized. Uh I don't know if the guy can put on the weight, I don't know if you know be able to grow into the size and then you hear the same thing going. So it's just a chip I carry on my shoulder and uh you know, I'm confident in myself and I know what I, I can do and I'm just confident in my abilities.
2: I'm sure some of the ball carriers in the SEC would say that the chip is pretty big too, cause, cause you, you stuck a couple guys. It seems like you like to bring a little bit of thunder in the, in the shoulder pads.
1: Absolutely. If I, if I get a chance <laughs> to, uh, I, I like, I like, I like my chance and I, I try to make, it, make my uh, presence felt.
0: You, do you think that you're, so, I, so I, the, here's a comparison I'm going to give you and you can thank me later when people, people start doing this publicly. You're the linebacking version of Aaron Donalds. You only fell because stu- idiots at draft season talk about size. I wonder, do you think that size and speed is more advantageous now in 2018 in the NFL, uh, than people really understand?
1: Absolutely. And what a game is transitioning to, it's a, it's a speed game. So it's like, who can get here the quickest? And, uh, it's just all about matchups. So like, if I can get a mismatch with this running back or this tight end on this linebacker who may not be as fast, then I'm going to try to, uh, I'm going to try to do it, and um, I think that's huge. So it's just about, you know, finding the best athletes
2: that can uh, match up and that are fast. If you don't know where you're going or why you're going there, you can't play as fast, right? So are you having to put in extra time studying to make sure that, you know, because you, you played at Georgia instinctually. In the league, you're going to see different stuff. Are you, are you trying to put in that extra work so you can play fast from, from week one?
1: Uh, definitely. I have to put in a lot of work. But on the college level as well, you see a lot more formations on the college level. So there's a lot more, uh, checks and different things like that, uh, on the college level. Whereas in the league, it's kind of like you have your traditional formations and, you know, there's so, only so many formations, you know, there's not many FIB formations in the boundary, different things like that. So, uh,
0: I, th- I think it'll be good though. Do you think it's a huge plus for you, as a, in terms of the learning curve, playing for a guy like Kirby Smart, who worked under Nick Saban, who clearly has connections to the pros, and if people talk about pro style offense all the time. People don't mention pro style defense very often, but I think that helps, right?
1: Uh, that's definitely huge. You know, I learned a lot uh, under uh, Kirby's. Uh or c- coach smart um, defense and whatnot. It was you, you graduated. It was, you can compare me. Yeah it, <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was great just uh, playing under him, and it was it was very complex. So pretty much had had an answer for everything, and I I really enjoyed that. And just knowing all the checks and stuff like that makes you feel a little special.
2: The the second half against Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl, you played with your hair on fire, and you were getting sideline to sideline, pretty much as well as a linebacker can play. Did something click for you because? You weren't quite playing to that level in the first half, but in the second half, I mean, did you see something, or was it were you just sort of in the zone?
1: Well, it was just, you know, they came out, had us a little rattled in the first half, and we just tried to come out in the second half. We wasn't playing our style of defense, so the second half, we just had to come out and play our style and knew that we was not trying to go home. And uh, we was just like, <laughs> it's either now or never. So we knew we had that opportunity, and it, it wasn't going to last forever. So it was like me as a leader, I had to play my best, and, uh, Try to pick up all my guys around me for them Played play their best as well.
2: You played a little desperate. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm, At, I'm, well, I that was, sounds I was, like what you're saying. No,
1: I, I wouldn't say desperate. I, I was just, you know, trying to trying to make every play that I could and, you know, whatever, uh, put my teammates in the best possible situation as well as myself. So I was just trying to do everything to put the team in the best possible situation to win.
0: Baker Mayfield, system quarterback?
1: Uh, I think, a great, he's, <laughs> a guy, I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great guy.
0: He's a good quarterback, right? Yeah, he's a great quarterback. You think, you think he... Can he transition? Can he take what he did at Oklahoma and, and apply it in the NFL?
1: I'm, I'm sure he could. He got has a lot of uh, abilities, and I got a lot of respect for the guy who played against him, so
0: he's a really good player. Most fun quarterback to sack in college or to hit in college? Some,
1: um,
0: I really don't have
1: one. Oh, yeah, nice I, didn't, I didn't really have a favorite. Out there. I, I looked at all of them the same. <laughs> <laughs> Do you
2: have a favorite play that you made? Um... Like, when you think about your college career, is there a play uh, that was a, a re- That was a
1: re- really good play. Oklahoma uh, late in the game, uh, third and two maybe, uh, when it was going down the score. And uh, on, like, little Robert, wide receiver, a uh, little. Oh, they Jets ran the end of the round. Yeah, the end the round. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. end of the round. So,
0: uh, and it flipped the, it flipped yeah. the game. And you
1: ran it down. Yeah, yeah. I ran that down. So that was definitely huge.
0: Um, guac or Kaysom? Uh, guac. I
3: yeah. agree,
0: how about you? Guava guac guy? Like you can get good, you can get, you can get okay queso anywhere, uh-huh. but you can only get good, good guac, guac in certain spots. Absolutely. Well, uh, have you ever hung out at the Georgia Theater?
1: Yeah, I have. That's the, is that the
0: rooftop, right? No, it's like the old like the old oh, Georgia Theater. Yeah, I've yeah, been there for the uh, concerts. Yeah, 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 for the absolutely. concerts. Yeah, they always have good bands.
2: Yeah. Uh, have you Have you eaten at Ochoval yet? A cheeseburger you got to get the cheeseburger. That was a long time. Ah, yeah, man.
0: Cheeseburger. I'm trying to protect the figure. You don't look like a cheeseburger. Right. Yeah. When I was watch. the last
2: time you had a cheeseburger? Cheeseburger? It's been a little minute
1: since I had a cheeseburger.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. My, this is my last one. If you... So the PGA Tour is going to let golfers use walk-up music, just like at bat music. If you picked one song to be your at-bat music, what would it be? Uh, it will be somewhere... Uh, I'll just
1: go basic Drake God's plan. <laughs> All
2: right, last one. So if if you could just describe in a sentence or two what you what your what would be a successful first year with Chicago. Uh just being the best possible teammate I can be and uh
1: winning games up there and like uh yeah, and being having having one of the best defenses in the league um, best
0: defense in the league. All right, that was Roquan Smith, Bears rookie linebacker, my early pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, if you look at the Madden ratings, he's the best, uh, highest-rated defensive player. If you look at the odds, he's 5-1. to one. I don't mind him at 5-1, as I talked about on the podcast with Frank Schwab. I think that's pretty good value. I actually think the Bears will be pretty interesting. I'm doing a um, five teams in and five teams out, which we'll talk about later this week in the podcast. Uh, you know, like five teams I think could make the playoffs, five teams I think could miss the playoffs, uh, next year, because we saw eight in and eight out last season. Uh, and I think the Bears probably gonna be one that could get in, even though they might be more of a long shot. I still, I just, I don't know, I just think the Bears, That defense can come together if Trubisky takes a leap. I know there's a lot of hype surrounding him, but Roquan is going to be special. I think he's going to be an impact player. I actually am a little surprised that Malik Jefferson, who we'll talk to next, fell in the draft because I liked him coming out of Texas. Sort of versatile in how he plays as a linebacker. I think he'll do really well. In Cincinnati, you know they're, they're of course rebooting the system. Terrell Austin is there instead of uh, instead of Paul Gunther, the longtime defensive coordinator. But certainly an interesting conversation with him because he kind of dove right in and questioned everything about the combine. I, I actually had you in my going to the Bengals in my mock draft last May. Okay. the first round. It's okay, you know.
4: Yeah, I'm a CBS Sports. I learned a lot about this process. Listen, I. Don't what do you think about the process I don't I don't agree with how they 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 do it because you go through these extreme months of training and you go to the combine the combine is absolute hell Nobody wants to be there after day two because you get no sleep, you right. don't get to exercise, and they expect you to be able to work out like a superhuman and they ask on the you last day. And they
0: ask you weird questions. Yes,
4: and they ask you awful questions. <laughs> what
0: was the weirdest question? I didn't
4: get a weird question. I heard some people got some really weird questions, but there was coaches like coming at me for like my ego. I was like, "Really? I don't know you, sir. Like I'm trying to be respectful. Like we're trying to have a nice calm setting. I don't think it's right for them to pull us in the rooms and um, you know. I feel like critiquing the film is fine. But uh, trying to make you feel under pressure um, is not something that you know kids should be able to do because stuff like that, it's like dictates if they take you or not. I'm like, that's not fair.
0: Well, and it, it seems like, like what you and Willie were talking about, like ego is part of football. Like, yeah. Good football players have ego. Like, good football players. How do you have get comments.
4: mad? How do you get mad if a guy gets offended by what you say? Right. I'm a I'm a person. Like I'm a human. So it kind of feels like uh, insulting at the end of the day because you can't you can't really say anything back to him or. Um, you know, you should have an attitude. You kind of gotta take it, and I think a lot of guys they're different. There's some guys that didn't take it in college. They they had respect from their coaches, so it's it's very different.
0: What was it? Uh, what was it like with your coaches? You had coaching changes, right? Yeah, I had had, multiple uh, ch- changes. Did you have two or three coaching?
4: Because uh, Charlie came, Strong Charlie came, came, or you were there, and then and then Herman, Herman came. came. Okay. but we just everything was circulating like blood. So I, I mean. It's tough to do, right? It was hard, though, because for a defensive standpoint, it wasn't as bad because we just changed, like, a couple things on our defensive system, terminology, stuff like that. For offense, we can never get a rhythm. Yeah. So defense, we're doing good every year, and top ten in the country. And then – Offense is just struggling. Yeah, I mean, you see all the games. Yeah, a quarterback has like minor issues or something like that. But they so like that Oklahoma
0: State game last year. Oklahoma you guys State. had them on the ropes and just couldn't a get concussion. the offense going. He had a, I a concussion. I know.
4: So I mean, the number one offense in the country. We shut down. Made it look so simple. Like yep. we we ran two plays. <laughs>
0: really? <laughs> yes. wait, wait, wait. So what was the? What was the approach? Like you just like, we just know what they're going to do, and we're going to stop
4: the pass.
0: And then we had
4: a five-minute box stop and run. What can you do then?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, Terrell Austin, first year, yeah. totally rebooting the Bengals' defense now. Mm-hmm. What have you – does it feel like you're maybe a little more integrated, like a veteran, because there's a wholesale changeover from Paul Gunther? No, I don't think it's uh, – I don't think it's like that. They still, like – try to incorporate
4: us like as rookies, stuff like that. But I think there is a um, you know, understand that there's fair game and this in this whole game game plan. So it's gonna be interesting when, you know, preseason starts and uh you know, you really don't hit training camp or anything like that, but when preseason starts and um, you know, see who produces the best. And I'm I'm kinda excited to see.
0: Would you either have three sacks in a game or a pick six?
4: Uh pick six. Pick six. For sure. Thanks for that. Yes sir.
0: See, very thoughtful young man, like Malik Jefferson. We actually did like a seven-on-seven seven thing, and, and Malik was our quarterback. The only really thing I complained about is he overthrew me. It was wide open in the end zone. would have been a touchdown. That's okay. Uh should have scored on Zach Dresser, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, Gronk was hanging out there. He showed up late. I think he was sort of a surprise ad uh, rolled into Dallas at the last minute. Um, and, look, here's the thing. Watching Gronk in the wild is one of the most enjoyable things you can ever do. Like he and his, uh, I think it was his, one of his brothers, it was definitely one of his brothers, I don't know which one it was, came in and, you know, they're both, um, you know, rocking athletic gear, staked out to the full. And, um, and they come in there, like, oh, we need, you know, need Gronk, we need food first. And, and he goes and, um, and Gronk's been on this podcast before. I don't know, I don't think he remembered it, but whatever. Um, But they go and like checked out the food and like they, they started having this discussion about Frito pie and, and, uh, I don't know if you know what Frito pie is, but it's a Texas thing and you take a bag of Fritos and dump chili in there and cheese and jalapenos and sour cream. You just stir it up and eat it out of the bag. Um, that you can use a bowl if you're a, you know, decent human and, uh, and, and ultimately Gronk, uh, like ended up trying it out and I was, the opening question that I had for him was whether or not uh, he was in or out on on Frito Pie, and, and I don't think he was. Like, there was pie here. <laughs> it's kind of amusing. So look, I, I'm not going to lie. Try to go off the wall with Gronk because there's only so many things he will tell you about uh, in in real life in the off season. He's gotten very good at avoiding the question. So why not ask him if he's in or out on Frito Pie? What's up, Gronk? What's will up? with CBS Sports. How you doing? Frito Pie in or out? What's that? Are you in or out on Frito Pie? Yes, no. Thumbs up? I don't up, even thumbs know down. what that is. I so thought you tried the Frito or... Pie. The, the chili with the. Oh, that's. That's called a pie. I call that chili. <laughs> with the Frito I was right? in then. Yeah, 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 I was in. Uh, all right, tube socks? you tube sock guy? Is that a. Tube socks? I, I, I don't even know what tube socks are. I, the longer socks? The longer socks? I had, longer you, socks? had you pegged as an ankle sock guy. No, no,
3: I am ankle socks, but uh, I'm both. I like the high ones, and the I, I one. like the ankle ones too. I don't like the in betweeners, so. though. No, those
0: are bad. Those are awkward. My parents
3: give me those every year for the in Tweeners are hard. You're yeah. like going up a little bit like this, or their their ankle socks.
0: What um, you look like you're pretty lean. How much? I don't look lean. Don't. Uh, but do not you, bad. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> do you. Uh, how much of your training has been focused on like not being bulked up and being streamlined and, and working with some of that stuff? All of it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. All, pliability? Of, tra- all of it. Yeah. All my training has been viability. Oh, uh stay lean and uh, not being not being too bulky you don't want to be too bulky you want to be able to move so just been switching up this year and uh hopefully it goes well
0: does it help when you get hit because db seem to like to go at your legs a lot you're a big dude does it help in terms of the hits you can take in situations like that being <laughs> pliable being loose and all that yes
3: definitely uh I tell you when you're not loose you never want to get hit. Uh you don't like you don't enjoy the moments of getting hit when you're tight and your muscles are aching. So whenever you're loose, you're feeling good, nothing's hurting, that's the best time to take a hit or give a hit.
0: Can you imagine playing football at the age of forty?
3: Uh I mean I'm not even at thirty yet. I know, I know. I'm just
0: Brady Dude. It? It's insane, yeah, right? So
3: I mean, I can see myself playing
0: some type of football.
3: I don't know about NFL caliber.
0: <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> what uh if you had to have a uh signature wrestling finishing move what would it, what would it be
3: it would be a uh, grind spike just somehow i haven't figured it out yet but i would somehow have to spike the opponent you could do maybe it maybe like uh, like i don't know i put him on the top rope and i take him <laughs> off and i yes. spike him right on the ground right there you that could would do be it, my finish.
0: you could do the uh against the colts you had the you took the dude out of the club that was kind
3: of wine right there that, that could be yeah. like taking take
0: him right out of the club and toss him over the way yeah. too all right cool Appreciate it, Gronk. All right, man. No problem. As the old saying goes, you can't out-goof Gronk. Tried, probably failed. I don't know. Look, he's not, like, yeah, not going to answer your questions about Tom Brady. Uh, he doesn't really want to talk about his diet, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He knows the score. He's gotten good at this. It's really impressive, and he still keeps doing what he's doing. Um, last interview for this piece. And, by the way, I should note um, – I hate to have a podcast and not talk about any beer, right? Uh, a couple of Dallas beers that I tried that I really liked. The Deep Elm IPA from Deep Elm Brewing was very good. Had a, had a few of those while I was out there, um, and then tried some stuff from Revolver, I believe, and Raw and Sons. Some of that was in the airport, so I wouldn't. Um, I was really tired. I, I'm not exactly. I had two trips to Dallas in, in a very short time span. Anyway, um, let's still talk to Denzel Ward, rookie cornerback of the Cleveland Browns.
5: I feel I play with a chip on my shoulder. Um, I want not say it's just I play with a chip on my shoulder just because uh, people say that I may not be good enough or I may not be the best or I'm not going to be able to do something. It's more so the uh, goals I place upon myself and um, uh, really what I want to do on the field and uh, for my family.
2: What was it like to be in that locker room? Lee Hooker and Marshawn and Gariano and you had an NFL secondary right. yeah it was it, a lot of
5: talented guys a lot of talented guys it was just fun just being able to pick their brains and compete with those guys and I just wish we could all play again so it, it was fun playing with those guys definitely
0: who's, who's the best member of the Ohio State secondary to come out of it? Buckeyes class in the last two years.
2: Well, I'll leave that up for, for you guys to decide. <laughs> it's a lot of great players. A lot of great players out of there. We, we were talking to Roquan Smith yesterday mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask you a similar question, but there were concerns about he's not big
3: enough.
2: You know, Whatever he's undersized, mm-hmm. you face some of those same questions. Um, you know, shade under five eleven, but you're taller than five eleven.
5: I'm <laughs> five eleven six foot. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure But that.
2: you don't you don't play small, right? And you, you play aggressively, and you have that speed. You mentioned taking that speed and making it an attribute was that something that you made a conscious decision at some point like i'm not going to be the biggest guy but i can be i can have quick feet i can be fast i can be physical i can be all these other
5: right yeah i may not be the biggest but i definitely am strong i still uh, work out and uh, definitely improve my speed i used to uh, go to speed training uh and the when i was starting in high school or middle school time i started doing speed training
0: but yeah do you think that in 2018 the the necessity the physical necessities for cornerbacks have changed in terms of how football is played because of like the advent like you want like, I mean not saying you'll do this but you know you want guys who can shift into the slot guys who can you know move all over the coverages and you're playing people are in nickel you know, sixty plus percent of the time. Do you think that its his speed is more important than size as a cornerback in modern football?
5: I'll say honestly, everybody is different. Like everyone is, God made everyone different. I'm different than you are. Some people are tall. Yes, t- t- <laughs> Some people are taller, bigger, faster. So really, everyone uses their abilities to the best of their ability. So it really just depends on the person. You
2: mentioned the wrist injury and you're working on your footwork. Was that something that that you thought of, or would a coach come to you and say, "Hey, let's do these drills," or was this just sort of born out of necessity?
5: Well, yeah, actually, because, yeah, when I fractured my wrist, it kind of just came natural because I was feeling uncomfortable getting my hands on because, like, my wrist was fractured. I couldn't really move it, and I had to cast it. So it kind of forced me to be able to move my feet and kind of mirror receivers. That's why I feel it helped me uh, become the corner that today, actually, me fracturing my wrist.
0: Really? Yeah. So it made you work on technique and yeah, it shadowing me, guys? Yeah, okay. yeah
5: it made me focus more on my technique and my footwork at the line of scrimmage.
0: Um, are you aware that you're probably going to have to cover Antonio Brown twice a year? Yeah, I'm aware of everyone I'm going to have to cover. <laughs> Antonio Brown week
2: one. Right, yep. So, I mean, are you already thinking, you know, just take me through snap number one. You got, it's Denzel and Antonio on the left side of the field one on oh. one.
5: Uh, really it's all about preparation. I'm just trying to get a, uh, learn a playbook as soon as possible, get all that studied and, uh, keep practicing and... Uh, everything else to take care of itself.
0: You, you mentioned you have a, a, a foundation that you're working on. That's a, I mean, it's quick out of the gates to, mm-hmm. to be working charity. How is it important is it do you, to give back to a city, you know, a place where you're from, mm-hmm. um, and how much you know, pressure is there knowing the history of the Browns?
5: Yeah, it's, it's very important because it's actually a passion of mine to be out in the community, and I've done uh, various things already uh, in the community, like I said, for my foundation and my dad's name, and uh, working kids camps and stuff like that. So it's definitely something that I want to continue to keep doing.
0: Uh, with the Browns, having grown up in Cleveland, mm-hmm. knowing that they have perhaps not been a great football team for a long time, how much pressure is there as an incoming rookie?
5: Uh, the pressure I feel really is the pressure that I place upon myself and the goals that I place upon myself. Uh, they drafted me and the rest of the guys for a reason, to come in and uh, help this team win games. So that's the goal, and that's what we plan on doing.
0: Thanks to tell. No problem.